What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We are two writers who've got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming back. And to any of our new listeners, thank you for listening to today's show. And today's show is also brought to you by a Built Bar, the best protein bar on the planet. You can save $10 off at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. But guys, we do have some big news today because we heard from California Governor Gavin Newsom and he had some good news regarding the Chargers potentially being able to play in their own stadium this season and you know maybe potentially even have a training camp and some of those other things. So we'll start there before getting into Twitter Tuesday where we're going to get into a bunch of Twitter questions from fans of the show. So we have eight to get into we have two that are pretty similar but we'll be talking about adding former greats to today's team we'll be talking about Chris Harris Jr. potentially playing more on the outside we'll talk about the Chargers you know potentially playing out of state and the impact that'll have on the coaching staff and much more coming up on the Twitter Tuesday but let's go ahead and get into it on Monday the Los Angeles Chargers got some great news from California Governor Gavin Newsom when he announced that they will be loosening some restrictions that could get the Chargers back on the field earlier than we thought. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. We finally got some good news regarding coming back from the COVID-19 outbreak and when we will be able to see some sports when Gavin Newsom talked with the media on Monday and said that we could see the return of spectator-free sporting events as soon as the first week in June. There will be many different factors that will potentially allow places to open back up, including no greater than 5% increase in hospitalizations over the past seven days, no more than 25 new COVID-19 hospitalizations per 100,000 residents during any one of the last 14 days, or less than 8% testing positive in the past seven days. So all of those things will have to happen, but this can't be looked at as anything other than a good thing, David, because the Chargers really haven't had much to do to this point as far as getting together in person. Most of those things start later on during the summer. So if this keeps going the way it does, it looks like the Chargers will at least be able to stay home to get into those things. It's great news because before this, we had no indication from anybody that there was going to be any relief in the state of California as far as professional sports franchises being able to resume and start playing their sports again. Everything we've heard from Governor Newsom out of California has indicated before this that that was never going to happen. So to hear that things have started to turn the tide, that is a great sign. So that means that the Chargers might not have to move out of state. They might be able to stay in their home facilities where they're comfortable, where they know where everything is. It seems like their off-season programs might not be affected greatly. And it looks like they'll be able to do everything on time. And I think that's huge for the Chargers specifically because they do have first-year full-time offensive coordinator Shane Steichen who is implementing a new offense around two new quarterbacks that are going to be in the fold in 2020. So I think it's definitely going to speed up that process and get some of these guys who are just coming in as rookies or undrafted free agents more time to go and show that they should be on this team and get up to date with the new things the Chargers are doing. But David, one thing is for sure, they're going to have to be ready for setbacks to happen, potentially shutting things down again if they can't 
reach the state's criteria. And we also don't know what these practices are going to look like. I would think that they would be probably much less physical. So are you really going to be able to get the full benefits of the practice? Maybe not. It'll probably be a lot of going through the motions and not a lot of physicality. Yeah, we have no idea what things are going to look like, but at least they're going to be able to gather, at least they're going to be able to get together as a coaching staff and be able to figure this out to where their players get the best quality work out of it that, that they possibly can. Before this, they didn't even know if they were going to be able to get on the football field and do any kind of thing. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of guidelines. We don't know what they're going to be. I'm sure there's going to be some very strict ones that they're going to have to follow, but we don't know what that looks like. They're going to have to be ready for those setbacks. Like you mentioned, they're also going to have to have have contingency plans in place just in case they're going to have to move or they have to relocate or they have to switch things up. They have to do a lot of the legwork so that the players, the coaches, and everybody involved feels as safe as possible as they continue to try and get their work done in a very uncertain time. One thing that's very important to remember is at least they're going to be able to get back to go to work, but they're still going to have to do this, Daniel, with no fans in attendance when games start to kick off. And that's one thing the NFL will miss big time is just the revenue coming in from fans. And Governor Gavin Newsom said that large gatherings would only be able to take place once a vaccine has been discovered. So we don't know when that will be, but this is the first step. Getting back to games getting practices without any spectators, which will hurt, but at least it is getting one step closer to normalcy. And right now they are on track to being able to get this season started on time. But we do have two more segments to get into. We have a bunch of Twitter questions. It's Twitter Tuesday to get into. So we're getting into that right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And I've already told you guys before that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that I've had. I ate one on yesterday's show. There's 16 flavors to choose from. And there's a couple of things that I haven't told you, which is the fact that they're also non-GMO, they're gluten-free, and there's also no artificial colors or preservatives, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate. So make sure you guys go try Built Bar, especially right now while you're stuck at home. You need some healthy snacks around, and we can even save you some money because if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You can get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, one word for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into something we haven't done very often. We've done something similar before, but especially during the offseason, we want to get you guys as involved as possible. So today we're getting into some Twitter questions from you guys, Twitter Tuesday, and I have to thank you guys for your outpouring of questions and giving us a lot to talk about today. So let's go ahead and get into the first question from Brian LaRue on Twitter, who says, with facilities slowly opening back up, what impact do you think it will make if the Chargers have to go out of state to like Las Vegas to practice or play home games if they end the season with another losing record? Could you see the staff getting one more year? So I know we talked about yesterday the record that it would take for them to get fired. Talking about Tom Telesco and Anthony Lynn, of course. And I think we we don't want to fully rehash that conversation. But David, I think their performance is going to have the most to do with Anthony Lynn and Tom Telesco and their security with this team. But I do think it will absolutely have an impact and will absolutely add to the chances that they will be back again after this season just because of all of the things they have going against them. So I don't think it's even the biggest reason why they'll keep these guys going into 2021, but I do think it definitely has some impact. 
Sure, of course it has an impact. Anytime you look at a performance-based business, I mean, you have to keep that in mind. So, yeah, it's important to see how they do this year as far as the records is concerned. But with all the things that are going on, it's hard to say that they had a fair shake at really being able to implement everything that they wanted to do 100%. So, of course, a decision maker in the Chargers organization is going to have to keep that in mind when they rule that out. If they fire them after, you know, a after a season where they had so many things they had to overcome, it's going to look a little bit weird unless they absolutely flat out tanked, which I just can't see with the quality of the people on this defense. Daniel, I just don't see that happening. I think the, the most likely scenario is they don't perform as well as you expect, although I can still see them performing excellently. It's just we don't know what this new offense is going to look like. We have an idea what to expect with the defense, but the offense is the big wild card here. Yeah, the offense is definitely a big wild card because we don't know what to really expect from Tyrod Taylor, and we'll get more into Tyrod Taylor as we get this going. But I do think, I mean, obviously, we just talked about them having this in California. I think there's a chance, you know, if things get shut down in California again, that they try to export, for lack of a better term, their practices out to somewhere where they're still allowed to practice. I think all those things are on the table, even though this is definitely good news for them staying in California that came out. On Monday. So, getting into the next question, this is a frequent voicemail caller as well. We have a Daniel Paler, aka Chargers Nerd, who says, It seems like we built a lot of our ideas about the Chargers secondary based on Chris Harris Jr., saying that he would be playing the slot and Dez King would be moving to safety. So, do you think it's possible that Chris Harris Jr. misunderstood or overstated the Chargers' plan here? I have a premonition we may actually see a lot of snaps with Adderley at free safety, James at strong safety, Jenkins as the nickel safety slash dime linebacker, King in the slot, and Harris and Hayward on the outside. So I think that the one thing that this formation that you're putting out there has is you're getting Michael Davis off of the field, right? That's basically what you're doing here. But I think it's not just about what Chris Harris Jr. is saying about, you know, probably playing the slot and they're telling him he's going to play the slot. It's the fact that Chris Harris Jr. played on the outside last season and it was like one of his worst seasons since his rookie year. So I think what we saw is can he hold his own outside? Absolutely. Are you getting the most out of his talent? If he's on the outside, probably not. So I think that's what, you know, if you maybe you're seeing Desmond King have free safety. Obviously, we hope that we see Nazir Adderley as well. But Chris Harris Jr. playing in the slot is where he's going to be most effective. But at the same time, I think that it's going to be a mix of a lot of these things. You are going to see guys moving around a lot, David. It's just hard to kind of peg anyone down to one certain thing. Yeah, no, I think you'd love to see Nazir Adderley on the football field. I think the setup that you had mentioned, Daniel, is something that we all want to see. Uh, we all want to see those playmakers on the football field, but the way things have been constructed to this point has not shown us that that's going to be the case. And everything that Chris Harris Jr. has said to everybody is that, hey, I'm going to play in the slot. I'm going to play in the slot. That's where you're going to see me. So it, it, I don't think he's overstating what he's going to do I, I, or misrepresenting what he's going to do. I think the coaches said, hey, we saw what you did on the outside. It was okay, but it wasn't your best work. We, we think, we believe that you do your best work on the slot, and that's where you need to be. And obviously, if Chris Harris Jr. didn't feel like he was going to go in and go to a place where he's going to be able to shine and do what he does best, he probably is not going to sign there. He doesn't really need too much money at this point in time. He's already made quite a bit in his, in, in his NFL career, so it's going to be about fit and where he's going to be able to shine and play his best football. And I think he knows that that's in the slot, and the Chargers know that as well. 
And then we're basing everything based on the defense we think they're going to deploy the most as far as the formations they're going to run out there the most. We don't know how much they're going to be running nickel. We don't know what their nickel or dime packages are going to look like. But we have heard before them say that, you know, maybe we're going to see some three safety looks. So there's a lot of things to think about. But if they want to get Chris Harris Jr. at his best, he's playing in the slot. But you'd also like Desmond King to return to his 2018 All-Pro form. But we do have a bunch more questions to get into. Thank you again, Daniel, for the question. But now it's time for Superfan Zach Shelton's question today, which is what former player do you wish was on the team? Imagine having Junior Seau on the defense alongside Bosa, Ingram, and Derwin James. I think Junior Seau is a great pick. I mean, this team would be much better with Junior Seau on the team just because he's obviously way better than anyone, even if the Chargers have good linebackers. He's, you know, maybe the best ever inside linebacker, at least one of them. So I think having him in the middle of this Chargers defense would definitely make it a special defense. But David, who would you go with if you could bring an all-time great back onto the Chargers today? I mean, that is such a great question, man. But a guy that just keeps on creeping into my mind is Jamal Williams. I don't know why. I mean, there's so many other guys that you could apply. Even left tackle Marcus McNeil. I mean, I think it's probably just because I watched watched those guys a lot when I was growing up. And, you know, I saw just how often Jamal Williams would just demolish the interior of an offensive line or how great Marcus McNeil was was on the outside for the couple of years that he was the starter there. So those are a, go- a couple of the uh, of guys that come to mind. Also, just looking at the issue at the other corner spot outside of Casey Hayward, it kind of makes me think, you know, what if they had Quentin Jammer back? I mean, Quentin Jammer wasn't great, but he was very consistent for a long period of time, and he was with the Chargers and did great work with the Chargers for many years. So just to have another guy that is consistent on the outside – I mean, what, who are you going to throw the ball? Who are you going to throw the ball at? I mean, if you have that many quality defenders, I mean, that would be phenomenal. So those are a couple of guys that I'd love to see on this year's team as well. Well, I think you always are going to go back to the positions that your team needs, right? I mean, you could bring back Lance Allworth, but the Chargers are pretty strong, at least at the top end of their receiving core with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You bring back Kellen Winslow, but you have Hunter Henry, so you're not getting the most upgrade at the position, even though you could obviously run two tight end sets and things like that. I mean, if you want to go old school, you could bring somebody back like Ron Mix, who is probably the best offensive lineman who played tackle for the Chargers and was like all pro every year from way back in the day. Or you could go even recently like LT. If you're going to go more of a running style offense, adding LT to this team would be crazy. But here's a real curveball. What if Without you a doubt. A, a prime Phillip Rivers, who I still think is the best quarterback that this team has ever had. If you take a prime Phillip Rivers throw him on this team, what could he do if he still had all of his arm strength and all of those things, maybe even a little bit more mobility. So I think there's so many guys you could potentially go for on that, but I definitely think it was a great question. So getting to the last question of this segment, we have Lewis Bensman who also calls into the voicemail line as well. And he says, trying to convince myself that the 2021 Herbert will be what we need. In the meantime, do you guys see Tyrod looking more like the Buffalo Tyrod or the Cleveland Tyrod? So it's funny, I mean, the worst record he ever had in Buffalo as a starter was 7-8 and eight in any one season, right? Which is just about 500, which you can't really be more 500 than 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I mean, that's what he was in Cleveland as a starter. I mean, even though it was really bad and he never worked his way into that offense, that's still what his record was. So I think that Tyrod will be more like Buffalo because that's the bigger sample size. And obviously, David, like you've said many times, they have a much better 
supporting cast. I think with Justin Herbert, just quickly, you look back at what Patrick Mahomes was able to do after he waited one season and then he comes in in the 2018 season and puts up the numbers that he did. 50 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. I don't think you're going to get that from Herbert, but I don't know what year he is going to really be able to you know carry this team or go win this team games. But I think Tyrod Taylor... It's going to be the Buffalo version, right, David? I mean, that's what everyone has to be hoping for. But I think Cleveland was just a mess. Yeah, well, Cleveland definitely was a mess. There's no question about that. But also, there's a lot of parallels between Tyrod Taylor's success in Buffalo and where he is with the Chargers. I mean, his his offensive coordinator was, oh, yeah, that's right, Anthony Lynn, the current head coach of the Chargers. So uh, there's already a lot of familiarity there. I think Anthony Lynn knows what Tyrod does best. I think he's had his best success under him. And, yes, he has never had the quality of weapons that he will have at his disposal this year. So I'm just like everyone else, curious to see how he's going to perform with all the talent around him. And I've said also that has put up a shut-up time for Tyrod. It's his, it's his time to go out there and really earn himself a big contract and be a starter for somebody out there. And as far as Justin Herbert Hopefully he is the guy, you know, that you want, that the Chargers drafted him to be next year. We don't know that, but we do know that there are a lot of examples of teams that have had quarterbacks wait a little bit, then come in and have a lot of success. That is a blueprint that many teams have used over and over again, and I think the Chargers are going to do that as well. Exactly, and we'll see, but I think that you have to, it's going to be a lot to expect him to be able to be the guy right off the back because even though he might be in the league this season it's hard to just imagine him just coming in and just getting going right away without having any struggles as far as transitioning into being the starter so don't expect too much from him too soon that's kind of the whole point with developing someone but we do have many great questions to get into next next we have questions from luke chargers craig smith indio montoya and futuristic jace about about why the chargers haven't won a super bowl who's going to get hurt the most by having so many mouths to feed and much more coming up right after this All right, guys, getting back into our Twitter Tuesday questions. If you don't already, you can ask us questions at LockedOnLAC on Twitter, and we'll keep trying to get you guys involved in the show as much as we can. So the first question in this last segment is going to be from Luke or Luke Chargers on Twitter, who says, what are some major events or personnel slash coaching decisions that have contributed to us being without a Super Bowl win? Essentially, why do we still not have a Super Bowl? This may be too deep of a question. It could be an entire show. So I think it could fill an entire show just thinking about so many things that have happened. I mean, hiring Mike McCoy, hiring Norv Turner, firing Marty Schottenheimer after a 14-2 season, the Marlon McCree play that cost the, the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that was just circulating around Twitter. I mean, in the last few days, which is always something that hurts to go back and watch. I mean, there's been so many things. Injuries, luck, bad management, bad ownership being the problem. I mean, there's just, it's there's too many things to think about. But I think if you think about recently, just in the Phillip Rivers era, the fact that the Chargers have only drafted one offensive lineman in the last 30-plus season, their philosophy of not building from the inside out, the coaching decisions that they have made, the draft decisions that they have made not having more dependable players on their roster. There's just so many things, but I think not giving Phillip Rivers a really good chance to go win a Super Bowl either, whether it was having, you know, say as your 2-2 get meaningful snaps or just never giving him 
a truly good offensive line his last, you know, seven or eight seasons that he was there really most of the entire time. I mean, there's just too many things to think of, David. Exactly. But I think the last thing that you mentioned was the most important. The fact that they never gave him an Indianapolis Colts-like offensive line when they knew when they drafted him that he is an immobile quarterback. He is a pocket passer. And when given time, that is when he does his best work. There's only a handful of seasons throughout his 16 as the starter for the Chargers where they actually gave him quality offensive linemen to protect him, to allow him to do what he does best. That was the biggest failure in my mind in the the current era and I think is the biggest reason why the Chargers never went to the Super Bowl and haven't been to the Super Bowl since 95 and why they haven't won a Super Bowl in their tenure, especially recently. They built from the outside in instead of the inside out, and we've seen many different examples recently of why building from the inside out is the philosophy. You You have to make sure that your quarterback has time to be able to make throws, especially a quarterback like Phillip Rivers, their inability to do that mixed with all of the other things and many more things that you said is the reason why the Chargers have not won a Super Bowl up to this point. Yeah, amongst, I mean, thousands and thousands of other things. I mean, there's just so many little things, you know, that have derailed certain seasons. You know, going back to the season where I think it was 2008, number one in offense and defense, but the worst special teams team in the league and you don't, team in the league and you don't make the playoffs. I mean, just so many things. Missed field goals, Nate Kading, uh, so many things you can go to. But let's get away from that and get into Craig Smith who gave a Twitter question and is also an avid voicemail caller. He says on to, he says this time with the new offensive talent on the roster and Tyrod being known more as a game manager than a distributor, whose numbers do you see suffering the most? Lots of mouths to feed plus a more run balance scheme. So David, obviously the Chargers were still putting up pretty phenomenal passing statistics or at least they were getting a lot of gross volume out of it guys were still being able to be productive to the point that there was almost three 1000 yard receivers on this team last year and one of them was a running back but obviously things are going to change now that Tyrod Taylor is taking over and there's some new bodies in there like Josh Kelly who's going to get some touches Joe Reed is going to get some touches KJ Hill is going to get some touches which means touches are being taken away from somebody else so who jumps out to you as the guy that is in line to maybe have a big decrease in numbers or a decrease in numbers in 2020. Well, after last year with all the splash plays and all the acrobatic catches, unfortunately, I think the guy who's going to have his numbers see a decline this year is Mike Williams. I just don't think you're going to see as many of those opportunities that he had where Phillip Rivers literally just threw the ball up and expected Mike to go up and get it, and more times than not, he did. But I just don't see him getting those same opportunities with the way Tyrod Taylor plays the quarterback position. He is very conservative, like you mentioned, has one of the lowest interceptions rates in NFL history because he doesn't take those type of chances so unfortunately that means that you're probably going to see less yards and less opportunities for Mike Williams to go and do those circus catches well I think for Mike Williams it means he has to adjust right I mean he can't get all of his yardage on just giant 50-50 balls even though we did see Tyrod Taylor on the field with the charge last year threw him in a nice little you know, back shoulder throw down the sideline. He does have that in his back, but he's not going to get all of those chances because Tyrod Taylor doesn't take those chances. So he will have to find other ways to get separation, get open 
on routes that aren't deep balls and be able to produce that way. So I don't think you'll have the 20, you know, plus yards per reception in 2020. He'll have to find a ways to be productive without that. So one of the guys that I look at is Hunter Henry because Hunter Henry statistically last season in less games was better under Ken Wisenhunt than he was under Shane Steichen. His most productive games came under Wisenhunt. But the other thing is Daniel Popper went back and looked at Tyrod Taylor's tape when he was in Buffalo. And one of the main things he pointed out was how he has an inability or a lack of wanting to throw inside. And that's where Hunter Henry does a lot of his work. He's going to run some out routes. He's going to work to the boundary at times. But Tyrod Taylor has to be willing to throw him the ball over the middle or else he's not going to be able to be effective and be a a game changing player up the seam and open things up for the offense that way. So I think Hunter Henry, you know, going into a contract year, it has to be a little careful and might have to evolve his game a little bit to find a way to be productive more in this offense, especially with him probably run blocking a lot more this season as well. So let's get into the last couple of questions. And both of these questions are somewhat similar. We have a question from Jay on Twitter whose handle is Indio Amontoya, giving a hypothetical situation saying that Tyrod Taylor goes 13-3 and next season, gets a wild card victory. Does he get a one- to two-year extension? And do you let Herbert sit another year or move on from TT and wish him the best of luck? If he took the Bills to the playoffs with half the talent of the Chargers, I believe he gets us into a wild card. Probably not 13-3, and though. So, Before I answer that, I'll also say that Futuristic Jace on Twitter had a very similar question asking what do the Chargers do if Tyrod has a Ryan Tannehill type of season in 2020? Do they extend him or dump him for Herbert? So I think these are the things to look at in this is one thing is what is Tyrod Taylor going to cost if he goes to the playoffs, if he has a run like Ryan Tannehill? Because the Chargers aren't going to give Tyrod Taylor the contract that Ryan Tannehill just got. That's just absolutely not going to happen from them so I don't even know if it's necessarily an option but playing into this hypothetical situation David what do you think do you think there's any chance that you know Tyrod Taylor could go on some type of run lead the team to the playoffs get a couple playoff victories obviously in Tannehill situation that's an AFC championship game so that's obviously a very deep run but do you think there's a way that you know the Chargers end up saying hey this is our guy at least for the next couple of seasons I don't. I, I don't see it happening. I think barring a Super Bowl appearance, I don't think that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback of the Chargers for another season. Also, I mean, take a look at the other quarterback that was in that situation. You had Teddy Bridgewater, who started about six games for the Saints, did very, very well, and then after the season was rewarded with a three-year, $60 million contract. Do you really think the Chargers are going to hand out that type of contract to Tyrod Taylor? No, no, not at all, especially when they have a rookie quarterback that's waiting in the wings who is a guy that they drafted to be the starter eventually. I just don't see it happening. Obviously, if some kind of magic happens and they win a Super Bowl, of course, you have to consider that happening, but I just don't see it. I don't think there's any other way outside of a Super Bowl appearance that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback next season. Well, and let's also not forget the fact that Philip Rivers didn't come in after one season either, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't come in after one season. There's been plenty of guys that sat for two seasons before they got in and had to, you know, kind of earn their way that way. And it's worked out for teams in the past. So I think we're all putting a one-year timetable on it, all knowing that the fact that he could potentially be in Herbert, that is midway through his first season, depending on how Tyrod Taylor plays. But I think if he makes a deep playoff run, it will be a conversation. I don't think it necessarily happens because 
This is Tyrod Taylor's chance to get one more big contract to show a team that he can be, you know, their franchise quarterback and give them a chance over the next three or four or five seasons and get that big contract. So if he has such a good year like that this year, he's definitely going to want to get paid. I don't think the Chargers, knowing they have a rookie quarterback, knowing the advantages of trying to win with a quarterback that is getting paid pennies on the dollar compared to the top guys in the league and building your roster around that if they really want to do that there's just no way they can give Tyrod Taylor that contract that he would want if he goes 13 and 3 if he has a Ryan Tannehill type of run but thank you guys for the questions again another way to get on the show is calling into the Locked on Chargers voicemail line which is 323-524-7924 every Chargers voicemail gets played on the show but we appreciate everyone who took the time to write us a question on Twitter I hope we gave you guys satisfactory answers to all of your questions please know We would love to get more in-depth into them, but we have a very limited time. But that is wrapping things up for today's show. Until next time, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify or telling your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked On Chargers. All of those things support the show and we really appreciate it. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow as always. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.